Hi guys, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Everything Local. Today I'm joined by Amanda from Early Days Doula. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Josh. Nice to be here. Thank you. So, um, tell us a little bit about the business. Um, I don't, I didn't know a lot about it when we first met. I've been looking into it a little bit. So, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and yeah, where it's all at? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started about 11 years ago in England. Um, I was very interested in ways to give mums lots of evidence-based information before they have their babies. Mm. Um, it's such a massive thing having <laughs> You're a baby, me, yeah. <laughs> not just for the mum, but for the dad too, for yeah. the family, you know, and for other siblings. And so um, started looking into that, and then I discovered this thing called a doula, and I had never heard of them before. Yeah. And oh my goodness, I wish I'd have one when I had babies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wow, I would have definitely been booking one. So started looking into training to become a birth and postnatal doula, and yeah. so that's what I'm qualified in to yeah. do both, um, and really focused primarily on the postpartum so looking at supporting mums once they had their babies and it really means just nurturing the mother so doula means nurturing the mother okay and so that's exactly what I do so very much the focus once a mum's had a baby uh, is on the baby and it Rightly so, they're gorgeous and everyone yeah. wants to hold the baby, but who holds the mum? Okay. So who looks after the mum? And yeah. that's kind of where I step in. Yeah. So it'd be partly emotional and then also a bit of physical, I would have thought as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the what's the process behind it all? So if a mum calls you up, how do, how do you guide them through that? And what are some of the things that you ask to, I guess, better understand the situation? Yeah, I guess there's a lot of conversation that happens before a mum's had a baby where possible. When that's not possible and she's already had the baby, like my current client at the moment, second baby, I'm already there, she's had it. So we're in a different space. But normally it's when the mum's pregnant. So we normally meet up. I go to the home for a one hour free obligation, uh, you know, no obligation at all in terms of booking me, but just to get to know me, just to know if I'm going to be the right fit for the family. Because I'm coming in at a time where families are quite vulnerable. Yeah, It's a big issue you know it's a big deal when a mum's had a baby and come home and um exhausted and sleep deprived and she wants to know that the person coming into her home is going to be there for her so we meet up to see if we all fit yeah um and once that happens I have a sort of getting to know you form so I find out everything I can about the mum from uh her likes her dislikes allergies you know Mm. issues with food other siblings um in terms of what's her favorite hot drink so I can pick it up on the way (laughs) around I love that yeah because my wife would love that yeah Yeah. mums often want a really good coffee (laughs) or a cup of tea when you come around so some of her favorite things and um you know stuff she did beforehand to find out who she was Mm. because very often her identity gets lost once she becomes a mum yeah but she's also a person yeah so once that sort of happened then I have a contract and we talk about the details of that and what packages people would like to book so I have three examples of packages on my website yeah but I also create bespoke packages as well depending on what parents want. Yeah. And how hands-on is it really? Like it's not like, is it a babysitting thing as well? Or is it just more to do with the mum, really focused on the mum or the the parent essentially? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, It's very much focused on the mum. So I'm not a nanny. So, you know, nannies have a different role. They have a different remit. So a nanny is very much there to take care of the baby. So I'm there to look after the mum. So it might be giving her a lot of support with breastfeeding. It's one of the biggest issues that mums face very often. And that's often linked to sleep as well. So what I do, 
is I give lots of practical support around that. Um, any problems that are coming up, I help navigate that with the mum. And if I can't solve it, I know people who can. Yeah. So there's a lot of referrals potentially to other health professionals or allied health professionals yeah. um, where needed, to psychologists if I think that's needed too. Um, so yes, practical things, bringing meals around, um, cooking in the mum's home for her, making her lunch, um, folding laundry, um, and a lot of the, a lot of it is emotional. Yeah, never underestimate how powerful and, and needed that is for a mum. Oh, definitely. Like you sort of like you said, you lose your identity a little bit, right? Like I've seen in my wife, you're so entrenched in the baby, mm-hmm. you're pretty much living through the baby essentially, which is good most of the times. But then there's a time where the baby's asleep, and I'd, I'd imagine a mum would sit down and be like, "Okay, well, what's now? Like, what do I do now that the baby's asleep?" Yeah. So obviously helping them through that process, and I know that my wife and I went through that as well. Like you're in hospital for the few days after the baby's born, and then you're like, they're like, "See you later." Yeah. Like, go do what you need to do and yep. like we didn't research and there's a lot of things that you can do in terms of reading books yep. and all that sort of stuff so absolutely. you're coming in after that point and giving a bit of guidance right absolutely yeah so i have lots of um at work access to different referral networks lots of different information that's evidence-based i'm a yep. bit of an evidence-based <laughs> girl i like my science i like my facts <laughs> but do you know what mums can only make informed decisions once they've got all the facts in front of them mm. so that's what i'm doing so i'm bringing that in i've already kind of done the hard graph so she doesn't have to yep. because let's be honest when a mum's sleep deprived she doesn't want to go through a research paper and have no. a look at what the most up-to-date <laughs> information and evidence is on safe sleeping that's or right. whatever it is she wants a very quick what are the tips what are the things i need to look for and that's what I do so I help navigate all that kind of you know plethora of information out there to say well actually that's not strictly true that's not accurate this is the document that I refer to um, so that they know it's evidence-based and then say well this is what it is but you know what regardless of what a mum makes her decision on I'm I will still support her do you know what I mean it's it's yes it's informed decision making but if that family wants to go a particular way then I'm going to still support them regardless you know that's what I'm there to do yeah definitely definitely so let's backtrack a little bit like how did you get into this line of work because it's like (laughs) it's really interesting like it is very like I haven't seen it before um personally like I'm only an early dad myself but we get to deal with businesses a lot through the podcast and social and all that sort of stuff so how how did you get into something like this? That's such a good question. <laughs> so um, I originally studied law, so I wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> so like, and I but totally, I, different, it's totally right? different, totally <laughs> different. So I have a law degree with honours, and um, so that's what I wanted to do. And I, but I wanted to work primarily t- with women and children, and I particularly love criminology and criminal law. That was my that was my thing, and so loved that. And so I did end up working in that sort of field for about nine years. Wow. Um, and worked in a massive strategic partnership in the UK, preventing. Uh, trying to prevent and stop crime from happening and repeat crime. So I was on boards for against domestic violence, against hate crime, antisocial behaviour, anti-burglary. So I can tell you how to break into a house <laughs> really, really well because <laughs> I work alongside the police and I know okay. how to do it. Let's so talk off the podcast let's after, talk after that. The If podcast. I ever can't get in a house, if I do an open home, I'll just come to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I know how to protect a house too. Okay. That's the important thing. So I know the weaknesses to know what to protect yeah. because uh, that's what I did. I worked alongside the police. And so it was a fascinating job. And I absolutely loved it. And I think part of it clicked for me somewhere along the line that a lot of the people we were trying to stop from doing these things, they start at a re- where do they start and mm. why do criminals start? And it's based in the family. Mm. So I was very interested in prevention rather than cure okay. from a criminology perspective. Yeah. And so I guess some of what I do now isn't too far out of the reach. I then got involved in doing a lot of social justice work as well. And so very long path to where I got. And then after my second child looked at this and discovered that I loved it 
it and suddenly started supporting women to breastfeed and work with the NHS to do that. And so it was kind of like a long convoluted route and decided not to go back to my corporate job in that role and yeah. decided to change careers. Yeah. And I guess you would have experienced, you know, the service that you're providing, you would have experienced when you had kids, you didn't have that sort of um, support essentially. So that's no. probably how it came up as well. Yeah, none. So my family lived five hours away. Yeah. So it wasn't a question of my mum being around the corner yeah, and popping right. in to help me cook a meal or if one of the kids were sick, I had to just plod on and do it. And, you know, you do do it and mums are amazing. We, you know. Are resilient, resi- right? So, so resilient. resilient to yeah. do it. But yeah. you have to do it. But it is true that you need a village to raise a child. Yeah. And, and you do. And if you yeah. don't have your village, where does it come from? Yeah. And so I create, I'm part of the village and I also help mums then continue to create that village. Yeah. And at the moment, a lot of that village is online. Yeah. Because face-to-face stuff is just stopping for mums. Yeah. So, you know, the early childhood centres are not having the face-to-face mother groups. Mm. Um, you know, lots of breastfeeding groups aren't meeting. They're all online. Everything they're doing is online. So where do mums go? You know, mm. it's really tricky at the moment for them. Yeah. So how are you navigating this whole period around COVID? Like, I think, are you still being able to get face-to-face? There might have been a period where you, where you couldn't have. Like, how are you adapting to everything that's going on at the moment? It's been tough. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I think, when we were in lockdown in New South Wales, I just put everything on pause yeah. because it was new for everybody yeah. and so we didn't really know what was going to be happening or and I certainly don't want to put a family at risk no. you know, especially with a newborn baby yeah, that's right. if I've got a sniffle I don't go yeah. you know that's how it that's how strict we have to have to all be yeah, to definitely. a certain extent but yeah. especially when it's a new mum yeah. um, and so yeah put it on pause for a while supported one of my mums online and on the phone so she was constantly phoning me and yeah. that's something else that I could do um, and then when things started we came out of restrictions and lockdown then it started to pick up again mm. and I'd already booked a mum for the end and said well look this is what I can do depending on the lockdown yeah. let's navigate this together and keep communicating yeah. and see what I can do I can always drop off meals I can do your shopping for you you know if I can't actually physically come in your house yeah. and I can still provide that online support but it's not the same as face to face oh definitely not it's just not that's a human connection it's totally different and right you need that there's a lot that online brings yeah uh, and certainly for mums we need that as well and I think in the social media world world as yeah, we definitely. are yeah. it's a great tool yeah it's a great avenue but it doesn't negate the fact that mums need that face-to-face contact and there's a different connection between a group environment whether it's mums meeting up versus like a one to one-on-one face-to-face yep just you two in, a, in your own environment, other things get told in that space rather than a group environment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, you know, I, you know, get to hear a lot about what's going on in that family and um, they're, they're allowing me to come into um, inside the inner circle yeah. at quite a vulnerable time. So Massive, I yeah. hold that really gently and I yeah. hold that as a privilege and quite a big responsibility too. So um, yes, I mean, the emotional side of it, I have referred mums when needed to different services if mm. I felt that they need it and invite the dads along in terms of having that conversation with him too to say that I have concerns about this and this is what I'm going to do um, and this is what I'm going to suggest to you guys to do and lots of different therapies that are out there you yeah. know in terms of can help mums navigate some tricky things that they're going through yeah of course but mums particularly at the moment are more anxious because of covid oh definitely without There's a, a doubt a lot more risks out there right yeah, so so talk to me how, how does the, the the father get involved or how, how what's their role in all of this as well is there a role for the father in terms of what you do and yeah. you know and you said that you sometimes bring the dad in and have conversations yeah. there like what's how does all that work so 
in the beginning, when I'm meeting the mum in a one-to-one conversation in, in their home, normally the dad's there too. And so I explain how it works and I say, you know, that if I have concerns that I will call mm. and I will have a chat with him and try and get him engaged and try and talk. And they really appreciate that, yeah, I definitely. think, being part of it. And I also send information to the dads about how to bond with the baby. Yeah. So I think that's crucial because yeah. there's so much that can be done that doesn't mean you have to feed the baby, but you can still bond. Yeah. There's like a million different ways a dad can bond with a baby. Because you sort of lose that sort of you lose that at the start right like I, I witnessed yeah. that myself like the breastfeeding yeah. and you know me going back to work like that was yeah. I didn't I didn't I knew it was going to be tough yeah you don't realize how tough that Tug is on the heartstrings oh it's crazy right <laughs> like you just don't like you you're yeah. like wow I've got to go back to work now like back to reality yeah. and then you know my wife will send me photos and videos and all that sort of stuff and yeah. like my wife's great like that she keeps me connected with yeah. him and then I you know disconnected when I can get home and try and make all that happen but that's yeah. that's a sort of tough process as well isn't it's it it's hugely tough and so the other thing that's hugely tough that is not often talked about for dads is debriefing the birth uh-huh. so a lot of times dads if they're especially if they're not prepared, they can have a tough time with that and they don't know where to go. There's no real safe space for them to go and talk about that. And so I offer that as well. So after they've had the baby, I sit down and the dad will often be there as well because I drop in in that paternity leave period. And so we'll talk to the dad about how he's processing that. You yeah. know, and just some things come out. So it depends on the dad and how open <laughs> they are willing to be. Yeah, yeah. Because some are more open than others. But of I course. find that it kind of allows then a conversation perhaps with their partner to talk about that as well. Yeah. Or and then to she'll often then say he's struggling a bit. Yeah. And then I can make suggestions of where to go to perhaps talk about that further. Yeah. Because it's your partner. And if something goes wrong, it's a big deal for you to watch the person you love the most go through something tough. And you can feel quite helpless. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, being in that environment, you sort of say, well, I don't want to impact my wife. She's already going through enough with the Mm. baby. I won't tell her something that's going on with work. And she'd probably be the same as well. I don't want to tell him that I'm struggling because I know that he's working or vice versa, right? So it's you being in the middle and saying it's okay to have that conversation. Even the most open people when they go through parenthood, like sometimes you're just too tired. Yeah. Like, honey, I don't really want to talk about (laughs) that right (laughs) now. Just no. let me sit in peace, right? Sleep deprivation's <laughs> a thing. Oh, it definitely it's is. It's a thing. Yeah, it's massive, right? <laughs> it's huge. It, it, t- it takes over yeah. your whole mind and stuff. Yeah. Like I've seen it, you, people can't even talk, right? You no. just lose everything. And that's where the help is because, you know, a baby can't help waking. They need that's to right. feed and they need to feed frequently, unfortunately, right. and somebody yeah. has to do that no yeah. matter what that looks like. So it's then coming in the next day and saying to the mum, I'll hold the baby, you go back to bed. Yeah. You know, or I'll, I'll prepare dinner yeah. and hold the baby and go, you go back yeah. to bed. It was as simple as like, I hold the baby, you have a shower. Yeah, like, absolutely. In peace. <laughs> that often happens. Yeah. That's something I do. And they love it. They feel just that refreshing, you know, yeah. of having 20 minutes to themselves in a shower without yeah. having to hold a baby. Yeah. That's, that's great. It's a great way to sort of feel like a human again. Yeah, of course. So tell us about growing the business and, you know, for anyone wanting to get into this line of work or just business in general, yeah. what are the, some, some of the things that you've learned from sort of starting your own business and growing that? Gosh, network, 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 okay. a lot. Yeah. So I'm part of Doula Network Australia. So that is a um, organisation across the whole of Australia with birth and postnatal doulas. And the fantastic thing about that is, is that other birth doulas who might not do the extended postnatal work that I do will refer mums to me. Okay. So that's yeah. happened recently. So um, the other thing is to market yourself really well. <laughs> market, market, market. And it's an interesting it's line of work to market yourself. Though, it right? is. Like I've watched this stuff on Instagram, and yeah. like I, I love the 
the way that you're doing. It's like really genuine. It's just general conversation. I love the it. Camera. Yeah, yeah I, I understand <laughs> that. And I, I feel the same way in terms of what we do. Yeah. But it's not like real estate, you advertise the property or like it's a sold sticker, right? It's totally different in your line of work. Yeah, it's a service and it's almost advertising me yeah. as the person. Yeah. And at first that's hard, right? Yeah. That's really hard to do. And it's hard for women to do. Like I think that's a real tough thing for women to get out of their own headspace and go, I am worth doing this for. Mm. And I have a lot to bring and I have a lot to offer. Mm. And so there was a lot of getting out of my own head to do that and then going ahead and just going and being confident in what I do and what I bring and knowing that what I do and what I bring is of great value because I know I would have valued it. So I think if I can be the person I would have wanted coming to me, then I'm doing a good job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that going through, you know, being a dad and having a kid, you start to realise now more how valuable someone like yourself would be and can continue to be moving forward. And I think you've mentioned it's not just about the first kid it can be no. the second or third like as many yeah as you- i've worked with mums with baby number four okay so yeah yeah and i'm recently i've i'm working with somebody with a second baby and i've just had an inquiry from somebody else with a second baby yeah. back to back so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is great you know but it, it just it brings a different dynamic in because the mum that needs that support is is slightly different to the first time mum that's right there yeah. is a definite shift different challenges right? different challenges yeah, yeah with numbered baby as uh, as yeah. they come along <laughs> and i guess the same not same thing but similar things would happen after the first kid and after the second in terms of the way that people act and stuff or the changes essentially would that be fair to say look I think with first time mums everything is such a shock right (laughs) it's the first time for everything and nobody can tell you how sleep deprivation is going to hit you nobody can tell you that I've done my best in antenatal courses to explain that and even then when it finally happens they look at you they just no I don't believe that and then oh my goodness it's exactly as you said it would be and I'm yeah. like yeah it's every two to three hours that they wake up yeah. and so how where are you going to shower and where are you going to eat and where are you going to go to the toilet and where yeah. are you going to do all these things and I think first time mums that's the big shock mm. it's the sudden and it does get easier of course it, as you know you've yeah. got a child well, you just get easier. used to not sleeping you right? partly <laughs> get used to that and you find ways to nap, cat nap very quickly oh, yeah, yeah. An hour nap. and then subsequent children I think you know you've been through that you know you've survived it you yeah. know you can do it again but suddenly you've got two kids to navigate Mm. or three and actually it's that extra pair of hands that you miss yeah and sometimes you've got the toddler but you forget everything about breastfeeding so you need somebody to help you nap and say hang on a sec i've forgotten everything but also every subsequent child is different of course might come from the same gene pool but oh my goodness i have two two girls that (laughs) are like chalk and cheese and they were completely different babies they slept differently their teeth differently they did everything differently Yeah. yeah so just when you think you know how it works Throw out the window. They throw you a curveball. Yeah, so I've got, I've got a lot to look forward to. I think with my next one on the way. So. Yes, you do. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, look, it's been an amazing journey. I've been watching what you're doing for quite a long time. We appreciate you being on the show and sharing your story. Um, so people connect with you on social, Instagram, Facebook, all those sorts yeah. of things. You have got a website I as do, well. Earlydaysdoula. Yeah. dot com dot au. Yeah. yeah, and my Facebook page, Earlydaysdoula, and I'm on Instagram too. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd suggest guys just to follow you, just to hear about the things that you do, the videos that you put up shares really nice stories about how you're helping people um, we're loving seeing everything that you're doing looking forward to the next step for the business as yeah, well um, with my little one coming i might actually be in touch with you so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show you're welcome thanks josh thanks guys thank you for listening to the everything local podcast with josh saliba we really want to push the community and showcase the local businesses by providing them a platform to tell their story Support these businesses by following the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you are a business or know of a business in the local area and would like to feature them on an episode, 
please contact Josh Saliba with the contacts provided in the show notes. Tune in next week for another episode of the Everything Local podcast.